Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Guidestone Faith-Based Investing Podcast. I'm David Spica, the Chief Investment Officer for Guidestone, and today I'm joined by Tim Bray, Senior Portfolio Manager and Director of Alternative Assets for Guidestone. Today we'd like to talk about our macroeconomic outlook and how investors should consider allocating assets in this environment. Hello, Tim, and welcome today. Morning, David. So let me begin with our macroeconomic outlook. We believe that the Federal Reserve is behind the curve in terms of tightening financial conditions to offset 40-year high inflation. As a result, we believe they're going to have to be very aggressive, and that aggressiveness will result in higher interest rates and more volatility in the markets, as well as weakness for the broad economy. In fact, historically, in order to reduce inflation, the Fed has had to produce a significantly positive real Fed funds rate, which we're a long way from today. And such a move would likely push the economy into recession. Now, one thing that's important to note is recessions generally are thought of as bad things. People lose their jobs, the economy declines, etc. But in this case, we believe a recession is actually the best case scenario. With inflation running at over 8%, the worst case scenario would be as if the Fed stopped tightening too soon and we ended up in an extended period of slow growth and high inflation, which is generally referred to as stagflation. So our best bet is that the Fed tightens very aggressively and rapidly, the economy goes into a shallow recession, and we end up reducing a lot of the excesses in the current environment, i.e. house prices, inflation, the very, very hot job market, etc. So with that to note, one of the things to remember is that in a recession, markets get very volatile. We've already seen volatility in the bond market and the stock market. It's been the the worst year ever for a 60-40 balanced portfolio, the worst performance we've ever seen for uh, for the broad bond market. And this is likely to continue, particularly for equities, as the Fed continues to tighten. So with that in mind, Tim, what would your recommendation be for individual investors in terms of allocating assets for this environment? Thank you, David, for that introduction. First, I think it's important that we approach this market with a degree of humility. We are in somewhat unprecedented times. Uh, As you mentioned, most investors have not lived through a period of of inflation like this, been over 40 years. Some of the cross currents in markets are are quite challenging, still dealing with the after effects of of COVID, uh, particularly in certain countries and and with the war in Russia and Ukraine. So kind of with with that in mind, and keeping in mind that volatility, we expect to continue to be extreme, as you noted, across equities and fixed income and the drawdowns we've experienced. I, I would mention a few things. Uh, first, we think it is a, uh, important that you be diversified in this market. And we finally think diversification might start to pay off. You mentioned that a 60-40 portfolio just experienced some of its, its largest decline actually on record for the first uh, half of this year. And um, but bonds now are much more attractive than they were. In fact, the three-month T-bill now yields more than the 10-year did at the beginning of the year. So you can get over 4% now in short-duration bonds. And we think it's important to keep diversified in bonds. Don't give up on them just because they had a material drawdown this year. It's important to stay both in stocks and bonds for that diversification. And they provide much better balance than they did uh, earlier in the year at this point. Why would investors have confidence that bonds, particularly short-duration bonds, would not continue to go lower at this point and would provide that diversification? 
Great question, David, because the bond market is now priced in a significant amount of tightening by by the Fed. And we think about the appropriate amount uh, of tightening. And so with that baked into bond prices at this point, if we enter a recession and the Fed starts to loosen monetary policy after a period of tightening, say next year, that could make bonds attractive and ab- ability to add value if bond yields head the other the, head the other direction. Credit spreads are also um, much wider than they have been in some time, both in the investment grade and high yield universe. So we see opportunities to be in quality fixed income uh, in both segments uh, where we're at in pricing today. As it relates to uh, equities, as you mentioned, David, we continue to think there's going to be continued volatility. We don't think the bottom has has yet been um, put into the marketplace. We we need to see uh, you know more capitulation in, in markets before we think that's happened. So in light of that, we think we would go with what's been working. Uh, being in defensives rather than cyclicals has been a winning trade for the last seven months, and we'd probably continue to to want to be there to be into uh, focus on resilient businesses. Uh, stable businesses, uh, and and being those sectors uh, like utilities and real estate and and uh, healthcare uh, that are going to hold up better, kind of facing a recession potential recession, uh, than to be in the the areas of the market that are going to be more exposed to a to a pullback at this point. What are your thoughts on the value versus growth trade at this point in equities? Yeah, I, I still think uh, value is probably a preferred place to be uh, over growth. You know, it, it's been. Uh, uh, significantly underperformed growth for a very, very long period of time. And uh, we do think that there's probably more mean reversion uh, in, in that trade. Uh, growth is, is still challenged by uh, rising discount rates um, and uh, is still going through a period of, it's been a very big sell-off, but there could still be uh, additional pain to follow. So uh, net, we would, we would favor value from here still. I think it's also to point out, despite all the volatility that we're seeing, some of which is geopolitical driven, uh, David, that we're not facing a financial crisis. The banks are healthy. And I think it's important to remember that they just passed actually with flying colors, the stress test from the Fed. And so you've seen uh, banks just lift their dividends. And just a a, a point for for, uh, people to remember that I think you can uh, invest in uh, in this market without uh, a fear of a real financial contagion uh, likely to take hold. We're in a very different place than we were uh, in the Great Recession. Bank- banks are healthy. Uh, and so, you know, I would bear in mind that right now, if you're looking at investing new capital into your retirement or retail balance, that you can purchase equities uh, cheaper than you could have two years ago. And so it is a good time to continue to, to be allocating uh, to financial markets. What about U.S. versus international asset classes? How would you recommend investors allocate between those two? Great question. We do favor uh, certain international markets over the U.S. today. We think that the uh, there's better value uh, and better uh, growth prospects in, in certain Asian uh, markets, um, better opportunities to diversify. There certainly are challenges that we're mindful of in Europe, which is probably in the midst of a recession right now. Uh, and also in, a, in a, a deep bear market. But we do think that emerging economies, uh, as an example, that can uh, benefit from higher commodity prices as a place that you can consider diversifying into. So we would look abroad and, and keep a, a global balance in your portfolio. Are commodities a good buy right now? You know, commodities uh, have had a big run, right? You look at oil prices, they're up 50% this year. 
commodities uh, were up meaningfully last year and this year. They're, they're clearly the winning asset class. I think right now we believe there may be better entry points into commodities with the the chance that a recession could could ease some commodity prices. But that being said, if we fa- if we look forward several years, some of the comply supply constraints that we're facing today aren't going away. So we think over an intermediate time horizon uh, of several years, diversification into commodities probably makes sense in this market uh, at this point. So you've talked a lot about asset classes that the individual investor would have access to. What about institutional investors? Are there other asset classes that they may want to consider in this environment? Great question. Institutional investors have a, a much broader opportunity set to take advantage of. And there's uh, alternative investments that institutional investors can can uh, avail themselves in these markets that we view as attractive. Thinking about a few asset classes, starting with with real estate, for example, we continue to believe that despite the uh, a significant run, industrials are still an interesting place to be in, in, in real estate. There's still a lot of logistics needs, both in the US and Europe, as we continue to migrate along that, that long-term theme of moving from brick and mortar retail to you know deliver my food or my groceries to my home. That still has a long road to play out. So we see distribution centers, et cetera, continue to be needed uh, uh, across the US, particularly with work from home, and other things moving populations around, uh, distribution centers have got to be in the right place to deliver um, uh, the right uh, product to individuals. And so we see further opportunity there. I'd also note in, in real estate that we see opportunities for affordable housing. There's just not enough affordable housing. And of course, you know what we've seen in the real estate market with home prices going up has only made that more challenging. So providing affordable housing um, in in this market, we think is a, uh, a a very good trade for institutions, and also uh, one that holds up well in inflation, uh, because you know there's opportunity for rents to to reset more timely if inflation continues to uh, run hot. You know, private debt is another area that we find attractive in this market. You have to be selective here, but you know, with a lot of fixed income, investors have been really hurt by the duration of fixed income. That is, that your bond prices go down as your yields go up. But in, in, in private debt, most of that debt is floating rate. So you're able to benefit actually from a rise in cash yields. You're actually getting more yield without suffering the decline in prices. And so uh, we, we see opportunities for institutional investors to be invested um, in, in private credit, in quality private credit, where they're senior secured um, in, uh, in the marketplace and can be in a very resilient asset class. As we face down a recession, we like opportunities that are what I would call be all, all weather in nature. And that would be one asset class where you could uh, obtain that. Are there any asset classes you'd be avoiding at this point for either institutional or individual investors? Yeah, gr- great question. I, I would be probably not focused on the most speculative areas of the market today. Uh, you know, venture capital has a, has had a very large run. Uh, uh, distress credit, there's still not uh, enough distress there to do, and so I, w- I would be cautious in areas of the market that have had massive runups over the last uh, 24, uh, kind of last year to to two years of period, and, and uh, we saw a lot of frothiness in some some areas of uh, the riskier parts of of private equity, et cetera, and so some of that's going to have to work its way out. Certainly, areas like SPAC. Uh, which have already, you know, uh, cratered. We would stay away from. We would be um, like on the equity side, as I mentioned, playing defense. We would be, um, uh, you know, cautious of the most speculative areas of the private markets. Would you include digital assets, i.e., cryptocurrency, in that uh, that bucket? 
You know, yeah, absolutely. Cryptocurrencies kind of had a, a bit of a, some people have said a Lehman moment this year with uh, 2 trillion plus in market cap being pulled back. That was an area that we've looked at some, but certainly is one for investors to hit a pause button and evaluate as uh, cryptocurrencies, which people like to say should be a store of value, have traded like a risky asset. And so as markets have fallen off, those, those have fallen in, in value. So we expect there continue to be a lot of volatility and more pain potentially for investors in those speculative areas in the market. Great. Great comments, Tim. Any final thoughts? Well, final thoughts would be, you know, it. Uh, I would try to avoid the behavioral biases of, of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Investors have been, for a long time now, been chasing returns, been buying dips. Now's the time to be thoughtful, be cautious. Don't get, uh, stay strategically allocated, but don't get over your skis, rebalance appropriately. And just be mindful that there's a lot of risks out in the marketplace today. Yeah, great comments. And I think it's important for everybody to note and to remember that recessions are very normal. They're very healthy. They allow the economy to prune itself of excesses. And historically, the market has always rebounded after recessions. Both fixed income and equities have come back after recessions. There's a period of pain, but long-term investors are well-suited to stay invested and to seek out high-quality investments. So thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate it. Uh, great comments from Tim on asset allocation. And we just appreciate you joining us again for the Guidestone Faith-Based Investing Podcast. Have a good day. This information is prepared by Guidestone Capital Management, LLC, a controlled affiliate of Guidestone Financial Resources. This material is provided for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Diversification is not a guarantee against loss. This information does not represent any Guidestone product. Special risks are inherent in international investing, including those related to currency fluctuations and foreign political and economic events. The material represented has been obtained from sources we consider reliable but which we cannot guarantee. It is subject to change without notice and is not intended to influence your investment decisions. This information discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic market or political conditions and should not be construed as research or investment advice.